Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to In Liberty and Health. Hopefully last week's episodes were really, really good. I thought the conversations I had with uh, Rachel Wilson and David Lilly were very, very entertaining. So make sure if you are new here or if you're a returning listener, please go back and listen to those episodes because I thought they were very, very good, very, very entertaining. Um, a little bit on my mind today, going to be a solo podcast. Uh, tomorrow's show is going to be really, really cool. I promise you guys are going to absolutely love it. It's going to be kind of like a reunion show after two years, but um, about useful idiots and how people kind of put themselves into a corner, maybe not even necessarily put themselves into a corner, but more of align themselves with our government, our military industrial complex, our pharmaceutical industries, narratives without necessarily realizing it and doing the work for them when it comes to the propaganda, the way that we think about things and the way that we talk about things. Uh, one thing that's coming up a lot lately that I've talked about extensively on this podcast is about China buying the farmland. And I've talked about it on Twitter, but maybe not on the podcast about uh, the Chinese nationals coming across the border. So we're going to get into that a little bit today. And <laughs> Kevin in here early. Hi, JC. I'm sure JC will be in at any minute. Um, if you guys would feel so kind, hit the like button. I don't know why I drug that out a little bit. Hit the like button. Send in super chats if you feel so inclined and so generous. And um, without further ado, guys, let's rock and roll. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty and physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and one more time welcome back everybody thank you so much for hanging out <laughs> nice thanks kevin my pee pee hurts what do um thank you for the super chat um one of my favorite memes from back in the day and i still say it all the time is uh instructions unclear penis cotton ceiling fan which uh i don't know why i said that weird F- ceiling fan um so for people who don't know um there was apparently like this Reddit story or something like that where this dude was trying to put together a ceiling fan and I, I guess he literally got his dick stuck in the fan. And it's like, well, how how do you do that? I'd, I'd put it up on the screen, but I'm like borderline scared. I'd get a nudity strike, even though it was like a cartoon. Um, <laughs> the picture of this dude with no pants on swinging from a fucking ceiling fan, his dick caught in it. <laughs> so thanks, Kevin. I appreciate that, brother. Um, hopefully he's all well in your neck of the woods and hopefully everything for you is going well. I know you got a lot of cool projects going on. Um, so everybody, if you're listening, make sure you go check out Shooter McKevin one on Twitter. I think his ad is, um, he can comment and put his name on the screen. I'll put it up here, but, um, he's a good friend of mine. He's been on the show. I think he did the show right before 
right before or after I had Dave Smith on a couple of months ago. And uh, we talked a little bit about QAnon. He's one of the people that's kind of got me thinking about QAnon. And actually, some of this will probably bleed into today's topic. But um, he's also real familiar with stonks and stuff like that and does like a lot of really, really cool music stuff. So if you guys are into heavy metal much like I am, then you will definitely like a lot of the stuff that he's doing. So um, I want to talk about being useful idiots today because I, I see a lot of people in our sphere, our camp. Uh, son of a, yeah okay so i was right shooter mckevin one there you go if you're watching shooter mckevin tag it's shooter mckevin one make sure you put the one on the end of that <laughs> but uh I, I see a lot of people in our camp kind of sharing the narratives that the people um that we despise and we're supposed to be against would propagate so um, what's making the rounds on Twitter today is Dr. Phil going on Joe Rogan. And I actually enjoyed the first time Dr. Phil was on Joe Rogan. Like he actually came off as a lot more of like a sincere character than you would have thought he would have been for being on like mainstream television for a long time. Um, hold on here. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> no, dude, you're good. You're good. I like doing these live shows so that way I can interact with people. But, um, Dr. Phil talking about uh, China buying all the farmland, which if you listen to this podcast for any period of time, you know that this is like just shoots off all the fucking signals in my brain. Drives me absolutely insane because it's not true. It is not true. China is not buying up all the farmland. There's no proof of that. And if anything, the proof is that they literally own like a, a fraction of 1% of all foreign owned foreign land in the entire country. I mean, this stuff literally takes like minutes. You could find it. I mean, just page after page after page with our own government. Like, of course, they would be tracking this stuff because they're trying to go to war with China. I don't know how many times I feel this out for people. And then like people who follow me come in and start giving me shit. Like, have you not followed me for any extended period of time to see what I've talked about just day in, day out, calling out the propaganda? And the worst part is that when it comes to the China stuff, People are so propagandized when you tell them they're propagandized. They, th oh, you're repeating the mainstream narrative. What? The mainstream narrative is that we want to stick it in China's face and tell them that we're going to blow up Beijing and that, uh, you know, you're committing genocide against the Uyghurs and you're buying up all our farmland. Stacey Abrams repeated this fucking line. So who's exactly mainstream? The people saying they're buying up all the farmland or the people saying, hey, the truth is they're actually not doing that. So to go back to the podcast, I want to see it was episode 234 and you guys could go back and check. I was just talking with uh, Dave DeCamp about this. Um, if you go back and check, what you'll actually find is that um, on episode 234, um, China's stake in overall ownership of American farmland had greatly increased when they bought a pork company back in like 2014, I want to say. And even then, it still wasn't even like that much farmland overall. Like when you compare it to Canada, Israel, France, Italy, um, Spain, I think China's not even like the top 20, if I remember correctly. And if they are, they may be like 18 or 17, something like that. There are no, they're nowhere near the top holders of foreign owned farmland here in the United States. So why am I ranting and raving about this? Because you stupid motherfuckers who don't listen to me, <laughs> just can't get it into your fucking skulls that you're being propagandized. You are being useful idiots. <laughs> So what else does this have to do? Like, if you saw the thumbnail, I had Joe Biden and uh, John Fetterman on there. And I want to put Donald Trump in there, but we'll kind of get to that a little bit later. Um, everybody is having this revelation. If you listen to the podcast I did with Nick from the Revolutionary Blackout Network, we talked about this a little bit as well. Um, everybody's saying, oh, my God, John Fetterman's so base. He's talking about the immigration crisis. He's 
good on Israel. He's good on China. He's saying all this awesome stuff. This is who he has always been. Did you guys, I mean, I know he's hard to follow along with because John Fetterman is not a very competent person. He is not an impressive person. He is difficult to follow. He is, he's gone. For some reason, Democrats love running these mentally incompetent people. Well, actually, you know, my, my conspiracy mind tells me that it's pretty much because they're a good bastion for control, right? If you could put somebody like Joe Biden or John Fetterman up front and they get a lot of votes, they get a lot of attention then they can be used to usher in this Democrat woke agenda, which really isn't that far off from a lot of like the Republican goals when you look at what they're really advocating for, including Donald Trump. Like really the only two separate issues that Donald Trump and Joe Biden really seem to disagree on is like, should we fully support all of these wars and should the border be open? Donald Trump, to his credit, is good on the border stuff. And maybe I can engage with a little bit of this because like, um, this has been a thing on libertarian Twitter that everybody seems to be going on about is just, uh, the whole border crisis. So, um, when it comes to the, uh, the border stuff, um, this is a pretty nuanced topic when it comes to libertarians, because we don't believe in public property, right? We don't believe that, um, the government should have any public property because we generally don't believe that the government should exist or we believe in like minimal government functions. So therefore like all land and functions and acreage, whatever should all be privatized. Um, but that being said, that's not the world we live in. We have the world that we have and we have the world that we would like to live in. So when it comes to the border stuff, um, honestly, I kind of tend to agree with the Dave Smith position and it's that if we're going off of what taxpayers prefer and this gets pretty sticky and it's not like a perfect libertarian stance but um the immigrants coming across the border do not have a right to the land that they're going to and there are incentives here for those people to come here um in, in a more ideal world i would say we should get rid of all the incentives that are you know giving people the incentive to come here but that's not the world we live in. That's the world we would like to work towards. Um, the people coming across the border do not have a right to come into this country and act as they so see so fit because we, you know, it is for the most part private land, and although there's government land, um, Texans do not want a flood of immigrants coming into their state. Because if you look at polling data, and you know what, maybe we'll pull this up. So I don't know the actual numbers, but you know what, maybe we could actually do this. And I will actually pull this up just for the full sake of transparency. And we can kind of do this a little bit together. And this is kind of out of the context of being a useful idiot. Um, this is just more for my own curiosity and for everybody else's uh, information as well. Because that's what I do here is I like to give you guys information. Okay. What, um, as you can see, I Google stuff about World of uh, Warcraft. Um, how do Americans feel about open versus closed borders? Uh, 56% uh, stated that the southern border is open and that our immigration laws are not being enforced. Um, from the Center for Immigration Studies, Pew Research Center. Okay, here we go. This is going to be a little bit interesting. So hopefully you guys can all see this. Um, 
Just 23% of Americans say that the government is doing a good job of dealing with the large number of people seeking asylum in the border, while more than three times as many say um, it's doing a bad job, which is actually very, very interesting. Call yourself a nerd, play Magic the Gathering. <laughs> no, I love World of Warcraft. I, I'm sorry, and I unapologetically love World of Warcraft. But anyways, that being said, um, 73% of people in the U.S. when polled, at least, and obviously this isn't the full 330 million people. Yes, there's tons of nuance here, but you can kind of get a good idea of what this poll is saying and how people feel. So actually, how many people did they survey? I don't know if they, uh, note survey U.S. adults conducted June 5th through 11th. I want to see if they have... No, they don't have the amount of people polled. Anyways, just at like a brief look at this poll, basically you can conclude that I will stop the screen here. Um, that more people than not actually prefer the border to be shut, or well, I shouldn't say the border to be shut, but they feel like the border is being handled incompetently. And I would tend to agree that if you have hundreds of thousands of people a month and millions of people per year coming across the border, and you're supposed to have some kind of, you know, difficult immigration process to make sure that people are assimilating to the country, adopting our values and are good people who are coming here. Um, if you have 70, you know, majority of people saying that that's not being done right, then clearly something's wrong. So, um, people are coming onto the land uninvited and taking resources, jobs, and doing stuff that other Americans could be doing. Although some of them, there is a good argument to be said that like Americans don't want to do these jobs because they're not taken already, but, um, this is neither here nor there. We're talking about a lot of people coming into the country unchecked, unvetted, and just kind of doing what they please. Um, do I believe there's good people there? Sure. I'm absolutely sure there is. Or do I believe there's bad people there? Yes, absolutely. Um, but this kind of goes to the point that I wanted to get to is that like, I did a thread on this and I will see if I can pull this up here real quick. Cause I actually sent this to some of the guys that I talk to pretty frequently. Where is it? Um, when I had Googled the amount of Chinese people coming across the border because people had been losing their mind about this, they were so concerned about the Chinese people, but not the overall amount of people coming across the border. Okay, so I tweeted this out. I said, China's not invading America through the southern border. Out of 3.2 million people who crossed the border, um, 24,000 of them were Chinese. You guys' eyes gloss over and you stop thinking anytime someone says China. And I posted my sources here. You guys can go ahead and check this stuff if you go on to my twitter you could find this very very easily and like really it didn't take that long at all to find what i'm look or what i'm on about here so like if people get so freaked out anytime you say china and it, i get it because you've been told since the time you're a kid what happens when something breaks oh cheap chinese junk um we get a lot of our manufacturing goods from there because they're net exporters. But what people also don't realize is that they're also net importer, or well, I shouldn't say net because net would mean that they're take they're you know they're taking in more than they're ex um exporting. So like when it comes to manufacturing, they're like a net exporter. But when it comes to food, they're actually a net importer because a lot of their land isn't habitable, and um, they can't do a lot of farming on their land because they have a lot of deserts. So are we worried about the? 0.75% of Chinese people coming across the border? Or are we worried about like the 99% of people who are coming across? I'd be more, more worried about the 99% of people who are coming across. And the reason why I entitled this show Useful Idiots is because this specific issue is something that people are making themselves useful idiots for the military industrial complex over. 
when you say that China's buying up all the farmland and that is verifiably, certifiably false, you're a useful idiot for the military industrial complex, for Joe Biden, for Frank Gaffney, for Anthony Blinken, for Jake Sullivan, for Lloyd Austin, for all the worst people you could possibly think of, Marco Rubio, um, Bill Crystal, you fucking name it. You are a useful idiot when you repeat these lies. When you say China's invading through the southern border, you are a useful idiot for the regime. For all those same names, because you know what that does? That cements into people's minds that China's here looming over your heads and threatening to crush your civilization and dominate the world. Even though, like, when you look at all economic markers and how China's actually doing internally, they cannot dominate the world. Um, Scott Horton's made this point, and I think it's a good point, and I think it bears repeating here. Um, do you really think that China looks at what we've done all over the world over the last 30 years, 22, you know, unlives a day from veterans, 30 what is it 32 trillion dollars in debt um people can't afford housing inflation you know through the fucking roof do you really think in issues in all these countries now we're floating war with iran and you know russia and then we're also poking it in china's face but you know bombing libya syria yemen pakistan somalia iraq afghanistan all these countries that we've just fought and died for do you really think china's sitting there looking at all this and saying like wow they did such a great job and what if we could do that i don't think they are and if you look at their economy and the way that their people feel about their government and their military capabilities um i don't think they want to i mean why would you want to become a global empire like the us i mean people knock libertarians for their hate for israel and i get it because they're saying that oh you guys just hate israel and ukraine because you guys have a marxist worldview that's just anti-west which um i think actually is a fair criticism because if you look at like the Middle East and compare that to the U.S., Israel, or Ukraine, um, let's be honest here, the standard of living here in the U.S. and the other countries that I mentioned are much, much, much higher than that of the Middle Eastern countries. But you can't leave that out of the context that the U.S. has completely destroyed those countries. Um, never do the regime's work for them. Lou Rockwell. Was that really Lou Rockwell? I thought that was Daniel McAdams. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I know Daniel Mc or Dave Smith always cited Dan uh, Dan McAdams when he said never do the uh, the work of the CIA for them, and I completely agree with that. So if it is Lou Rockwell, then yeah, Lou Rockwell. I never do the regime's work for them. Quoted by Lou Lou Rockwell. I've heard it from Dan McAdams, so I'm just running with that. But if it was Lou Rockwell, then once again, I'll give credit where it's due. But um. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you should not be carrying the narratives of the people who hate you and want to send you to wars to die. Um, when it comes to the China stuff, once again, I don't think they have global ambitions. Like, if you look at the one or you know the um, Belt and Road Initiative, they're not making money off that, and more than likely, it's going to lead to the fucking collapse of their economy because they're not using usury which is unreasonably high interest rates, and they're forgiving some of these loans. So, like, how long can you just sit here and hand out money? until you can't. I mean, we're starting to see a lot of the consequences of 2020. So this can kind of get into the point of like, why I think people who are obsessed with Trump and think that Trump is going to save us all are useful idiots. 
I don't know how you can look at Trump's four years as president and think anything other than him being controlled opposition or good for the Democrats and what they want to do. Did he stick it to them every here and there? And did he kind of change the cultural aspect and ethos of the right? And did he bring some good things to the table? Yes, he absolutely did. And I would never say that he didn't. But um, on a more holistic view, anybody who, whose presidency ended in 2020, arguably one of the worst years for Americans in like recent history, I don't know how you can say that he's some bastion for freedom. And he's still talking about that certain medical treatment. He still doesn't think he did anything wrong in 2020. Um, at a certain point, if you still have all of this faith in Donald Trump and think that he's going to save the country from, you know, the pedos and Jeffrey Epstein's and all that, then I have to question if you're critically thinking about these issues. I have to question if you're really seeing this the whole way through. So, like, let's talk about the whole mother of all bombs, because that's the only thing that people ever say. Oh, he bombed Syria. I disagree with that. Well, he actually did more drone strikes and killed more people via drone strikes than Obama did um, in just four years alone. So if he was so anti-war and he was so against the regime, then why did he kowtow to them every single time that it actually came time to do something meaningful? Um, Assad must go, right? That's what everybody said. Okay, but then he caved and bombed Syria. I mean, I mean, he didn't commit to regime change, but he bombed Syria. And then he continued to veto the war in Yemen, the coup in Venezuela. I mean, I've covered this stuff tons on the podcast, but I just have to question, like, if you guys think that Trump is just some bastion of freedom, then at a certain point, you might be a useful idiot because, I mean, he does everything that they want to do. And really, nobody can really say what the huge difference between Joe Biden is or what the difference between joe biden and trump is um our bodies come in different shapes and sizes so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too that's the beauty of noom they build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions medical issues and other personal needs so your plan works for you noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection you don't have to give up carbs or anything and with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think there's a hope that Trump could do better things if he wasn't strung up by Russiagate and didn't allow people to become pe petty tyrants. Okay, but I mean, there you go. Um, if the net effect is, is that he got boxed in there, then, I mean, what's the difference here? But let's also talk about the fact that, like, Trump sanctioned Russia and then he sent the Javelin anti-tank missiles into Ukraine. Um, it's always... Um, 
people always say, oh, this war would have never happened under Trump. Okay, but I mean, he was hawkish on Russia. And then on top of that, he said what's happening in Ukraine is a genocide. It's not. I mean, there's lots of people fucking dying. Don't get me wrong. And we're going to review that a little bit tomorrow. So um, maybe this is a good time to announce that tomorrow, um, the guys from Libertarian Institute, Connor Freeman, Patrick McFarlane, and um, Kyle Anselon are coming back on the show because I had them on two years ago. And I think this is just like a really, really good time to talk about two years in Ukraine and then all the other stuff that's kind of happened in the foreign policy realm. Um, I really want to talk about that stuff, but like the war absolutely would happen under Trump because he was on the same trajectory. And that's what a lot of people don't want to acknowledge. Like, yeah, he had a better relationship with Putin than, uh, Biden did, but let's like objectively look at this and realize what it is. I mean, he was Biden and Obama were too scared to send those anti the javelin anti-tank missiles into Ukraine because they knew that it would piss off Russia and they would consider that to be a very, very bold move. Trump did it anyways. He got impeached because he tried to hold it up. So, I mean, what are we doing here? Um, as a mechanic, do you have any thoughts on the 2014 Grand Cherokee? Um, if you could tell me what engine's in that, I would be a little bit more of help to you. Um, in my experience, they don't seem too, too bad. Jeeps are like the only good thing, like the Cherokees. And yeah, the Cherokees, right. The Cherokees seem to be the only thing that Jeep got right in the last like 60 years. Chrysler, that is. Um, other than that, literally like everything else by Chrysler is fucking garbage. Um, if it's a V6, the only thing I know that like goes bad on those frequently, they have like an oil filter housing. And what happens is if you get some big dumb motherfucker like me that cranks down the oil filter, and I don't do this, but I did do it once, then you can get an oil leak that goes down. It looks like a rear main seal or something on top of the transmission, but it's actually just the oil filter housing. Um, that's the only thing I really seen go wrong with them. I, I'm not a Jeep guy. I haven't worked on a lot of Jeeps. I did want to work for my dad, but I mean, that was like almost a decade ago now. So, um, I don't think they're too terrible, but, um, if you're looking at SUVs, my personal recommendation would be to go for a 2014. Actually, you go for a 2014 GMC terrain with a six cylinder. Do not get the four cylinder. Do not get four cylinder. The trains or the equinoxes with a six cylinder are really, really good. Um, in fact, they're so good that I convinced my wife to get one a couple of years back. Um, the newer Acadias, like the 2019 and up, those ones are pretty good. The newer trains are pretty good. So if you're looking for something like that, Honda CRV, Acadia Terrain, uh, Toyota Rav4, uh the Ford Escapes aren't too, too bad. Um, I know my in-laws have one, and it's been good to them. So, I don't know. I would just recommend going for a GM. I would never recommend Chrysler to anybody. Um, let me run a commercial real quick, and we will just get right back into it. All right, guys. We are going to take a quick break from the show to tell you about the show's sponsor. We are now brought to you by Fox & Sons Coffees. You can see right here, I got the Den Blend Dark. Really enjoy that. Um, I've been drinking a lot of their Brazil Honey Prep right here as you can hear there's not a lot of beans left in it because i've been drinking it quite a bit um just tell you a little bit about fox and sons why i support them and why you should too is that uh steven had started the company up in michigan to help teach his son about entrepreneurship um i'm all about that and i do firmly believe that in order to spread liberty in our lifetimes we have to support those who support similar values as us and steven does support all the same libertarian values that i bring and talk about on the show a lot so go to foxandsons.com use code kyle at checkout 
checkout to get 15% off of orders, $25 or more. And there's always free shipping whenever you place an order that is more than $37.99. Um, find their coffee absolutely fantastic, and I'm sure you will too. So uh, one more time, go to foxandsons.com, use code Kyle at checkout to get yourself a little discount, let them know I sent you, and support the coffee that supports you. All right, guys, thanks. Back to the show. Uh, five, seven, four by four V eight. Uh, the only thing I'd be careful about is, um, what happens to a lot of V eight engines is not just exclusive to Jeep, but because the engine, the way that it idles, the way that it sits over time, the manifold bolts will sometimes back out and break. And that could be pretty expensive because typically what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to put all new manifolds on it. You're going to have to put new gaskets on it. And then you're going to have to have the bolt drilled out or extracted out of the head. Um, that could get pretty ugly. I've done a few myself and they are not fun. And I have to imagine on a Jeep, it's probably pretty tight in there. So you're looking at probably a pretty hefty repair bill. Um, if you don't need a V8, I would not recommend getting a V8 just because the fucking gas mileage, the tires and all that stuff. Um, but yeah. Okay. So back to the point of the show. Useful idiots. Um, Trump still is now saying that like, oh, I'll end the war in Russia by, or I'll end the war in Ukraine by making NATO give Ukraine more money or, and I will give Ukraine more arms and money than ever before. <laughs> Does anybody really like listen to this stuff or do people just like, I don't know, nobody can like objectively, you know, assess the way that Trump is like people either think he's Satan incarnate, or they think he's like Jesus Christ himself. He's just a man. He's like the rest of us. He's an asshole. He likes to eat shit and fuck just like the rest of us. And that's what I like about him. That is what I like about him is that he's a dude just like everybody else. Um, the whole grab him by the pussy stuff. I think that's hilarious. Like when RFK, <laughs> that old controversy with the wow comment, um, I actually thought it was pretty funny because it makes him kind of human. Like you seem less politician-y and Trump became a politician the moment he got elected. But like, what's so likable about him is that he's relatable. He talks like the way that everybody else talks and that, um, he kind of understands the struggle of the modern guy. Do I actually think he like innately understands it? No, but he like at least pays homage to the people who support him, which is a lot more than you could say for Joe Biden and all the other politicians out there. But um, back to like the John Fetterman point, when you're saying John Fetterman is so based and so great, like even Donald Trump Jr. was saying this, oh, he's so great on all this stuff. He's more based than most of the Republicans. Who does that serve? Who is that helping? <laughs> it's not the people you want to help. It's not even helping your dad, dude. Referring to Donald Trump Jr. Um, it's helping the progressives. All the worst people, the neo-progressives, neoliberals, neocons, it's helping all them. And that's exactly why I think you guys are controlled opposition. Um, thanks for the input. Of course, JC, I appreciate the super chat brother and especially the penny off <laughs> for those who know about the penny off. It's the, uh, the Jack Murphy cuck article. Um, so that's awesome. Uh, yeah, dude, if I had to give you a recommendation, like I said, uh, GMC terrain with a six cylinder Chevrolet Equinox with a six cylinder or one of the newer ones, they have a four cylinder turbo, um acadia 2019 or newer because the older ones are a little bit junkier rav4 crv stuff like that um generally like my go-to's are general motors honda toyota and ford to a lesser degree but ford's okay um just and, and if you do get anything always get an aftermarket warranty just because i think that's uh it's a really really good idea because shit breaks and when shit breaks shit can get expensive but you know when it comes to some of the china stuff too um the beijing biden stuff in particular 
is what makes people useful idiots for the regime. Because Joe Biden has been the most hawkish president when it comes to China. Um, the military stance and just repeatedly saying that he will defend Taiwan militarily because that's our commitment. Um, people said, oh, well, he walked it back. The White House walked it back. Well, the last time they said that, they said, I think the president's comment stands for themselves. Not good. But you know what? To give it to the Republicans, too, um, Russiagate. Russiagate made a whole bunch of leftists useful idiots for the regime as well. Um, if you are a leftist and you are anti-war, or even if you were like a never-Trump Republican who was bought in on Russiagate, Scott and I did a whole show on this. It was great. Um, a couple weeks ago, feel free to check that out. That was the um, second episode I did of Debunking Propaganda. Um, when it comes to Russiagate, really, that was meant to walk us closer to this you know, new Cold War with Russia and China. That's really what these two things are meant to do now granted the hysteria surrounding russiagate was a lot more because i mean it was the mainstream media kind of biting into this but like even some of the all the alt media or the newer mainstream media has all been in on beijing biden i mean you hear this on fucking joe rogan now they're talking about all this china stuff like uh like i said earlier dr phil maid nuaz or whatever the fuck his name is he's always saying china's to blame for everything um fucking mike <laughs> mike baker's always on joe rogan like come on um, Beijing Biden, Moscow, or Moscow, Mitch, is such transparent propaganda. They're like uh, pro wrestling nicknames. Yeah, that's really what it is. It's all kayfabe. And this is like the whole um, lawsuits with Trump thing. I, I don't know. Modern day politics is just so exhausting. And maybe some of my listeners will resonate with this. Um, I don't want to say I've stopped commenting on politics, but I mean, I'll still comment on it and I'm sure you guys see it, but like, I don't know. It's just also predictable. Like I know what the right wingers are going to say before they even say it. Anytime an issue comes up, I know what the left wingers are going to say. So like anytime an issue comes up, you know, just like default stances. And then after that, all, all the fucking engagement brokers break out on Twitter to give their hot take. Sorry. I should probably like back this up a little bit, but like all the engagement brokers are going to give their hot take and they're going to say all the same thing, maybe word a little bit differently. And sometimes they say the exact same thing. So I don't know. I just can't get into the fucking sell your ass for clout and say the predictable line that every, you know, person's waiting to hear from your, your favorite libertarian or your favorite Republican or whatever. It's just, it gets so tiresome and exhausting. And I just, I don't know. I can't get with it. And that's kind of why I've leaned into some more of the red pill stuff and some more foreign policy. Cause there's like more content here and there's more to talk about because this, this stuff is also like more important. Now, like granted um, I'd hate to say it, but like the foreign policy stuff, it's almost impotent, but I also feel like it's good to put the information out there and let people kind of understand what's going on. So that way they can understand and interpret the propaganda. Um, as it's coming out, but like when it comes to the red pill stuff, this is why I enjoy doing cognitive vigilance because like we get to talk about more important stuff and have a very, very nuanced discussion. And granted, like Ryan and Brandy are both poly, but this still doesn't mean that we don't have good conversations surrounding culture, intersexual dynamics and stuff like that. And like, I'm beyond grateful that I'm good friends with the guys like Rolo, Ryan, and all the guys from the red pill sphere, because, you know, I think that stuff's so much more important than political stuff. And like, you know, that, What's going to happen in 2024 is that, you know, the Democrats are going to continue to fucking shit a brick over Trump. And then the Republicans are going to be like, oh, my God, look at Trump being politically persecuted. And then, you know, it's going to be this fucking <laughs> giant 
cabal is fucking freaking out over all the lawsuits. And then guess what? Lawsuits go away and everybody forgets about them and they get dropped. And then it happens again and everybody freaks out and then it gets dropped. And then something with Joe Biden will come up and then the regime will let it go and nothing will happen because he's their guy. And then you let it go. Like anybody that's watching this stuff, you see this constantly play out. And yeah, you could say I'm um, being that it's not happening, bro. Nothing's happening, bro. Whatever. But I mean, like, what else are you supposed to do? I mean, it's so fucking predictable. Um, you're saying debating theory online is an important. <laughs> You've been paying attention recently. Yeah, it is. Um, but like, I don't know, like I see these libertarians who are, and I blocked so many of them and I'm sure they're absolutely fantastic people. I'm sure if I met them in person, we'd have a good conversation. We probably agree on majority stuff, but like, I don't want to sit here and play 21 questions with people about theory that's currently irrelevant. Most people don't care about for the most part is never going to be enacted and that like, isn't going to be widely adopted and really just isn't relevant. Like, what is the purpose of this? What are you serving if you're just sitting here debating theory all day? Like, I see that fucking liquid Zulu dude. And once again, I'm sure he's a good dude. I listened to a debate he did with Jay Dyer and I see why Jay walked off. Um, and pay attention, Jay Dyer. You may see him around these neck of the woods sometime soon. But regardless, um, you see people talking about this stuff and it's like, what's your plan? What is the plan to get to a libertarian utopia? Like at least Dave Smith gets on big shows that could talk about this stuff to lots and lots of people. At least when you have Dave DeCamp going on, Russell Brand's show, uh, Ron Paul, you name it. He's getting to these huge audiences and spreading his message and teaching people about, you know, anti-war stuff. Like that is huge. It's fucking awesome. But like these people, what, what what's your plan? Are you just going to sit there and beat people with theory until they submit like nobody's going to do that. And people generally don't give a fuck about you, your theory, your opinions, unless they already know you. And this is why I've preached since the beginning of the podcast that like, you need to have good relationships with people before you ever convert them to libertarianism or your chosen ideology. Um, I had the same reaction as your tweet about how Zulu and Ace do more to turn people away from libertarianism. Like, look, I'm not saying that they're bad on theory. Like, they are probably, they're, let's face it, they are way, 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 way more informed about libertarian theory than I ever could be. And I am. I'll be the first one to admit I'm not a perfect libertarian. But like that being said, you have to be a charismatic, attractive, entertaining, charming person in order to draw people to you to be convinced by you. They don't have that. <laughs> I'm sorry. They don't have it. Maybe my Twitter persona isn't all that charming, but like I guarantee you if we're hanging out in person, you could see I'm a very charismatic person. Hopefully when I do this podcast and I'm interacting with you guys, you see that I'm an entertaining, charismatic person. I mean, my dogs like me at least, and you know, I'm married. So there's that I'm playing a band too. So, you know, I gotta be all right. Um, as Argentina showed us, we won't get closer to utopia until things get a lot worse. For those who can't see i'm shrugging um put my hands up and um as much as i hate would hate to say that um you have to give people the incentive to let things change and i've retweeted this tweet and i'm probably going to retweet it now because uh phobes you reminded me of it um if you are <laughs> as long as there's high noons porn food your, your dairy queen blizzard 
and this right here, you guys will never rebel. As long as your dollar will still be good at the store, as long as prices ain't too high that you can't afford to pay your rent and do all the things you want to do, you will never rebel. You don't need to. You're comfortable. You're sedated. You will not do shit because everything's provided for you. You have no reason to get up and start the revolution. So that being said, yes, people will not change their habits until things get a lot worse. Um, could I be wrong? Sure, but I don't know. Um, I guess I mean, um, voting habits won't change unless people really start feeling the pain. Yeah, exactly. That's essentially it. Uh, the best way to win people over is to be an impressive and an admirable person. Become a natural elite in your local area. Absolutely. Well, um, I've uh, kind of said that to a large degree. Like, I look at my dad, and hopefully he's listening. He drops in over here and there, mostly for, like, the Sunday morning stuff. So if you guys ever want to talk to my dad, whenever you see Glenn come up in the comments, that's my dad, and you could say hi to him. But you'd have to probably be over on Facebook. I, he doesn't really come on YouTube. So um, if you do find me on Facebook, which my name is right there, <laughs> down in the bottom left corner, if you want to have me on Facebook and watch there, I appreciate that. But um, try to get people over to YouTube. But anyways, that's irrelevant. Um. I look at someone like my dad and I want to say that he's kind of like a natural elite and I see, you know, how many people know him. And I think about my family's business and it's kind of cool to see people that say, I knew your dad, I knew your grandfather, I knew your great grandfather, and now I know you. And it's been interesting to see three or four generations of Matovics work on our cars and do this. Um, if my dad was a libertarian, which I want to say he has some libertarian leanings, um, he is for no foreign aid to anybody, which I really, really like. He's a big Donald Trump guy, and I can't blame him because he's a private or you know, small business owner, and Trump really spoke for him and I think what he represents. So, you know, good on him. But um, that being said, uh I look at stuff like that, and he uh if he decided to be a libertarian tomorrow and preach libertarian messaging then I think a lot of people would buy into it because they already know him, they're familiar with him, and they trust him, and they trust that he's a reliable person and somebody they can trust. That's who I want to be to other people who aren't libertarians, friends, and people that I know. Um, and I'm not here to evangelize for libertarianism. I'm not here to evangelize for the red pill. I'm not here to evangelize for anything. I'm here to give you the information. In my personal life, I'm going to talk to people about these issues. If they change their mind, they change their mind. If not, they don't. Um, I'm just here, hopefully, to give people good information, and then they can improve their lives or do whatever they're going to do with that information. But um, basically, to round out this podcast, I really wanted to just kind of highlight, don't be a useful, idiot. When you see something that seems hyperbolic, that seems crazy, always do your own research. And if there's somebody that you trust saying something, including me, like all the stuff that I've laid out in this podcast, you can look up for yourself. And if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm, let me know. Like Roth Birdian had uh, messaged me and said that I got the confidence interval thing wrong on my testosterone podcast. And I was like, yeah, okay, thanks. Like if I'm wrong, I should be corrected. If I get shit wrong, I want to be corrected because I'd much rather be right. And if I'm not wrong about anything, that means I have no room to improve. So. Anytime you see regime talking points, or not even regime talking points, but anything that seems a little out of whack, or really anything, even something that you trust, um, you should always do your due diligence before you bite whole hog on it and see what the truth of the matter is. And sometimes you'll find that you're right, sometimes you'll find that you're wrong. 
I've been wrong plenty of times. Fucking my job, I'm wrong all the fucking time. I diagnose cars wrong. I'm not perfect. Nobody's fucking perfect. So always just do your best to discern what the truth is. Be patient. Be patient with other people. Understand they have biases. Understand that you have biases. Go into things realizing that and kind of move forward with that. So um, if you guys don't got any more questions, super chats or anything, I appreciate everybody watching so much. Um, make sure you go check out Cry tomorrow night. I have Kyle Anzalo and Patrick McFarlane and Connor Freeman returning to the show. I think this will be a really, really fun show. Um, we're going to talk about the two years in Ukraine, Israel, and the 2024 election probably, and just all that good stuff. So um, if you are not subscribed, please make sure you subscribe. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Fountain, you name it, anywhere you get your podcast. Please, please, please leave a review, guys. I really, really appreciate it. Um, thank you guys so much for the Super Chats to show one more time. Um, like the video, subscribe, share, do all that good stuff. So that way my word gets out there and hopefully you guys have been enjoying. Um, I will see you guys tomorrow with the guys from Libertarian Institute. And until next time, love you guys. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.